0: Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Chris Geis, and this is 15 Minutes of Motorcycles, being recorded on Wednesday, November 13th, 2019. These are special episodes of the So You Want to Ride a Motorcycle podcast, where I take up an interesting motorcycle topic and cover it as fully as I can, but in an easily digestible length of time and without any extra BS or fluff. If you're like me, you're really busy, and you don't always have time to listen to a longer format podcast episode. You just want to quickly get to the content you're interested in and absorb it as quickly as you can. This will date me a little, but it reminds me of the old Where's the Beef commercials that the Wendy's hamburger chain did in the 80s and also of that old gem from the pre-70s radio and then TV drama series Dragnet where Detective Joe Friday was heard to say, All we want are the facts, ma'am. The idea for this new format came about when I realized I had started to feel like I spend more time talking about and learning about motorcycles than I do actually riding motorcycles. So I'll continue to do the longer episodes with interviews with special guests and such, but often I'll do one of these episodes where we just dive in and get right to the content. If you have a better name for these episodes, let me know. The concept is just that they get to the point as quickly as possible while being as complete and informative as possible. One idea I had was motorcycles without the BS, but I also want a name that is not too long. So if you've got a great idea, send it to me and let me know. Which brings me to the next point. I want these episodes to be frequent and as interactive with my listeners as possible. So for example, I got some really good feedback on the first of these episodes that I did, which I'll share with you now. So keep writing in and I'll share what you have to say and shape the episodes as much as possible based on the dialogue that develops. So the first email is from Jerome Vervaro, who's actually been a listener for a while. And actually he and I email back and forth quite a bit. I really appreciate the fact, uh, Jerome, that you, you've written in, you sent me several emails on after different episodes, which has really been a big help. But, uh, interestingly enough, he lives on long Island also actually out in East of which is probably not too far from where my sister lives. So we haven't done it yet, but we kind of had chatted about getting together to ride one of these days. So I think that'd be really cool. But, uh, yeah, so Jerome wrote in to say, Hey, Chris, just listened to the first episode, meaning of this new format, and loved it. It's great to be able to hear from you more frequently. The helmet topic was interesting. I used to have a modular. really liked it. I recently tossed my half helmet as it's just not smart. I have a showy three-quarter and just invested in a showy full face, thinking that full face is the absolute safest choice. Um, and, you know, Which I'll mention, it's interesting, because when I first started riding in 2016, I started with a half helmet in part because I didn't know what I wanted in the way of a helmet. And it was, you know, warm weather, it was summertime. And I was like, all right, let me just get something. And it wasn't too expensive, you know, Then take some time to kind of research and, and figure out what I wanted, you know, and eventually as my, my regular helmet. But all anyway, right, so it's interesting I started out the same way. But, yeah, I soon came to the conclusion. Actually, it wasn't even the safety thing at first. At first what it was was the wind noise. You know, when I first started riding, you know, I was riding around the neighborhood and just little trips here and there. You know, you know, maybe I was going 30, 35 miles an hour top. Um, and the faster I went, the more the wind noise started to bother me. And so then I started messing around with, you know, earplugs and all that kind of stuff. And then I really liked riding and I started riding into the cooler weather. You know, started in the summer and I started riding into the fall. And it's like, wow, this is getting kind of chilly. And then I had thoughts about, you know, I wanted to keep riding and maybe ride into the winter as well. And so that's when I decided it was time to just give up the half helmet and just invest in a a modular. You know, it's not, it's a full helmet. It's not a full face. It's not like all one piece, but it is a modular. Anyway, so it's kind of interesting. Um, So he goes on to say, I like more open helmets since I have a tall windshield, but safety first, Um, which I agree with him on that. I think the modulars are close, but the separating sections has to compromise the integrity Still, much better than three-quarter or less helmets. I have to say, listening to you and the Throttle Guys the Throttle Podcast has made me think more in depth about gear and safety. So I'm really glad to hear that, Jerome. I know the, the the more I talk to people about motorcycling, and the more I listen, you know, to YouTube videos and whatever, whether it's Fast Eddie or even just what I've read in Keith Code's books, and um, you know, now I'm reading um um total control by lee parks you know and, and just whatever just the, the more i learn and even just watching motorcycle racing the more interested i've gotten in about safety so anyway he goes on to say um it's really a great thing to hear and opens us up to learn more about what's out there to be honest it kind of shames me into not being so vain when i choose gear yeah that's an interesting point too like i i get it like i like to look good when i'm on my motorcycle and uh you know, I don't know if cool is the right word. I don't know if I exactly portray the cool thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, you, you want to look good, whatever, you know, on your motorcycle, whatever. But I do find myself choosing gear more along the lines of functionality. You know, what works well, what's comfortable, what protects me well, what's going to be suitable for the conditions I'm riding in. And, you know, so it's kind of like uh function, function before form. So I, I, I kind of agree with that too. Um, Anyway, so he said, you guys made me get a full face helmet. So that's really cool. Better gloves and armor for my jacket. So awesome, Jerome. Glad to hear that. He said, I think it's hard to compress things into 15 minutes and 30 minutes would be great. But hey, us fans are greedy. Yeah, I understand. You know, when I'm listening to a really good episode of another podcast, it's like, hey, why don't you guys keep talking about it? Or hey, I'd like to know more about such and such. He says, honestly, the first show went that Went that long anyway, about 30 minutes. He's right. I was just, I think, shy of 30 minutes, and it was really good. Just enough to touch on the topics and give enough depth. Plus, selfishly, my commute is about 30 minutes. So, yeah, I understand that's that's one of the things I'm kind of thinking with is by doing shorter episodes, one, I'm going to try to keep these short ones to a single topic. So if it interests you, give a listen. If it doesn't, yeah, skip it. Um, And if it fits, you know, if you can listen to one or two during a commute, I think that's better. I, I listen to a lot of longer ones, and it's it's often hard. You know, listen, I'm on commute, and it's like you know, you get through a quarter of it or a half of it, and then a day goes by, and then you listen to the other half, and it it's not you know, it works, it's workable, but it, it just you lose the continuity, and you know, it's like what exactly were they talking about, so. That's why I thought some of these episodes, these shorter episodes, would be good. So, then he closed by saying thanks again for a great show. So, Jerome, thank you very much for writing in and being a listener. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, yeah, and like I said, uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to meet up and ride one of these days. The next email is from John DelVecchio. John, I hope I pronounced that properly. Who wrote in and he said, uh, Love the mini podcast idea. You're onto something. In my experience, I've noticed my fave podcasts only getting longer in duration. As a result, I have to prioritize who I'm going to listen to. I have to because I simply can't keep up. Yeah, I know that feeling. I mean, I've probably got easily 20 motorcycle podcasts you know, in my podcast app, and uh, yeah, I definitely can't keep up. I mean, just recently... I, I just deleted a whole bunch of back episodes from pretty much all of them because I'm like, I'm just never going to get to listen. So I, I definitely hear where you're coming from, John. Uh, he said, I've actually resorted to listening at one and a half or two times speed to get through them faster. In fact, one and a half speed takes up much of the conversational lag and you don't miss a thing. Two times speed can be a little tougher to follow. So it's something for people to be aware of if you haven't found that ep- that, that feature Or if maybe your podcast app doesn't have it, there are a lot of the podcast apps, or maybe pretty much all of them now, have a feature where you can speed up the audio. So instead of playing the podcast at regular speed, you can increase it anywhere from, you know, like 10% faster to like twice, three times the speed. Um, And the more sophisticated ones do a pretty good job. They actually process the audio so that it doesn't get, like, it, it compresses it so that it you hear it quicker but it doesn't change the voices that much it's not like you know the old days of like tape when if you played a tape back at high speed you got that <laughs> you know that really funny sound that they sometimes use as a sound effect in movies or whatever um, but alright anyway, so something to, to think with I mean I I, I would prefer if people listen to me at my regular 1x speed but but I get it like if you're really busy and you have a lot of content to get through and you could use that feature by all means anyway so John goes on to say anyways I've read and seen and heard lots about 6D helmets that was one of the things i talked about however i'm a huge fan of a lesser known advanced helmet brand Kali protectives their helmets are inexpensive and have really advanced energy absorption tech for the money spent they are light and fit my head very well they look cool too i just love their helmets earlier models lacked some really basic things like a chin dam now they have everything you want and nothing you don't need all my friends have showy flip-ups worth 600 plus they bust my bleep, I won't say, (laughs) I want to keep this as PG as possible. But they bust his something or other about his $300 Kali lid. But he says, I know it's better crash tech. So I just roll my eyes. So uh, yeah, John, thank you for writing in. And thank you for that. I will put a link uh, to the Kali Protectives website so people can check it out. I don't know anything about them. John obviously uses them and likes them. Um, And I'll get into a minute why I, I kind of Well, not kind of, I trust his judgment on that, uh, even though I haven't used them myself, but so, you know, you can check it out and if it looks like something interesting to you, you know, whatever, maybe you consider purchasing one. Um, so that, that leads me to the next thing, which is John actually, um, I've been following him for a while and I I forget the sequence of things. Uh, I follow him we're friends on Facebook and I follow him on YouTube, um, And so, anyway, the the point is that, and and John, forgive me, I don't remember all your background, and uh, actually, the plan is to have him on as a guest on an upcoming episode, so we definitely will do that. I just want to wait until I read his book first, so I just, you know, have a, coming from a better place to talk to him about the book and and the things that that he covers and his training and whatever. But as far as I know, he is a motorcycle instructor, I believe MSF certified, um, but he has developed his own... Um, motorcycle riding training program called uh, Cornering Confidence, I believe. And hold on one second. I'm going to double check. Uh, the beauty of the modern age, you just stop the recording and then you go find what you're looking for and start the recording again. Okay, so yes. So the name of the book is Cornering Confidence. The subtitle is the formula for 100% control and curves. Uh, John sent me a copy of the book. Um, actually, he's got a nice inscription in the front, which says, Chris, Lots of people ride motorcycles, but few ride them like this. Congratulations on the success of your podcast and best best wishes, John. So, John, thank you again for that. Um, I haven't read the book yet. It is definitely on my reading list just because there's a couple other books that I'm working through. I'm about halfway through now Lee Park's Total Control. So I kind of want to not be jumping around all over the place. So I want to finish reading that book uh, if I can work it out. Um, I mean, he agreed. We just never schedule anything. I actually want to have Lee Parks on as a guest. And we'll be talking to him about total control and and all the different things that he does in the motorcycle industry. Um, But then next on the list is John's book. and, And actually, since John sent me the book, uh, he also developed an online course, which uh, he also gave me access to. I have not checked it out yet. Once I've read the book and, uh, you know, once I've done the course, I definitely will have him on and we'll talk about it and I'll be able to talk intelligently about what I've gotten out of it. Uh, but John, yeah, thank thank you for sending that. And um, yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, I'll, I'll put the link, of course, in the, in the show notes, uh, but he's got like a lot of diagrams and things in here. Um, you know, photographs and diagrams and things. It looks very informative. It looks fairly easy to digest. It's 78 pages, so it's not like a thick, thick tome or anything like that. So then in addition to the online course, he also started doing like uh, question and answer sessions on his YouTube channel. So go check that out. So it, it, this is like one more guy you can learn from, from, you know, one more set of books and tools and techniques that you can have in your arsenal. You know, obviously there's lots of people out there teaching motorcycling, you know, motorcycle instruction with books and videos, you know, you got Fast Eddie, and, you know, I've had Keith Codon, and like I said, Lee Parks, and, you know, all these people have, you know, this uh, Nick Iannach, and Ken Condon, and like all, the, all these guys, there's lots of really, really cool content out there. And, you know, everyone has a different background, they're coming from a different angle, different experience. And so, you know, you might not pick up a concept so well from, from one particular source, but maybe another one explains things or goes over things in a way that you pick it up better, you know, that they explain it differently or they use better diagrams or whatever it happens to be. So definitely uh, check out John's stuff. Like I said, the links will be in the show notes and uh, let us know what you think. And, and, you know, definitely, uh, you know, write in, write in. And I'm sure I know I'll be interested to hear what you have to say. And I'm sure John will as well. So, John, thanks again for writing in, and uh, I hope to continue to keep hearing from you. And actually, I'm hoping to get to, well, not hoping, one of these days, John and I will meet in person. I forget where John lives, Um, but actually, he was talking about maybe getting together with some people at a track, not like a formal track day kind of thing, but like at a track having track days where he might be available to kind of coach people based on his riding technique and and his approach to, to learning motorcycling. So, yeah, I'll have to check that out. And so the third email I have to share tonight is from Josh who goes by J Rocket 93. Um Josh, I I never heard back from you on if it was okay for me to read this. I hope this is okay with you. I, I you know, I don't think there's anything sensitive in here. If there's anything you know, that looks like that. I, I won't read it or I won't include it in the, the podcast episode. But, uh, so Josh says, Hey Chris, just finished listening to your newest episode. I like your new format. It makes a great addition to your interviews or could be a fun standalone. So yeah. So thanks Josh. I, that's kind of what I'm hoping for something to kind of mix it up a little bit. And you know, when I don't have an interview or the time to put an interview together, um, you know, I want to do these kind of episodes. Uh, And it says, a few notes about your gear segment. You mentioned MIPS, which stands for Multidirectional Impact Protection System. So, Josh, thanks for spelling that out. Um, When I did the, the last episode and I mentioned MIPS, I didn't take the time to stop and kind of spell it out for people. He says, right now, Bell is the only manufacturer I know of in the U.S. that offers this system. Oddly enough, Bell has their own proprietary system they offer on higher-level helmets called Flex. It seems to offer better levels of directional impact protection, but I haven't seen any third-party testing. So that's an interesting thing to uh, know about. And, uh, of course, I'll try to get a link for that in the show notes. He says, you're correct in that MotoGP and, to my knowledge, all of FIM motorcycle racing is now requiring some level of rotational impact protection, you know, for helmets. I feel that Snell has, as a rule, dropped the ball and doesn't test or even consider rotational impacts that's interesting uh I'm not up to date on like I think the latest Snell standard is Snell two thousand fifteen. I haven't read up or studied it at all uh but it'd be interesting to see yeah if if they're if they are or planning to include that um because now that the technology is coming out, that definitely would be a great thing. He says, Snell seems to always drag their feet when it comes to staying up to date with the latest science on how to protect against brain injuries. Look up an old article called Blowing the Lid Off. So that's kind of cool. I'll have to uh, get a link for that as well. He goes on to say, there's another player that has just started to offer some directional impact protection, but not really in their street bike helmets yet. Climb has a caroid system, it's K-O-R-O-Y-D is how he spelled it, which uses micro-welded plastic tubes in place of the polystyrene for impact absorbing. It is another third-party product like MIPS, and Climb seems to be the early adopter of this technology. They have it in two helmets, neither appropriate for street or track. One is a motocross helmet, and the other is an adventure helmet. Maybe in time they'll offer a full street helmet, but road racing isn't their focus as a company. It's off-road and adventure riding. Yeah, so that'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, maybe, yeah, I guess if that's kind of the the, uh, the people that they cater to, then it would kind of make sense that, you know, if they don't really do much in the way of street. I know people do wear their gear for street riding and stuff, but uh, I guess I don't see why it couldn't be applied to street as well. And he goes on to say, oh, I have not verified this fact myself, but I've learned that the Dionysi airbag systems won't work on electric bikes. I had actually heard that and mentioned either on my podcast or on Throttled. He says because the sensors don't think you are riding to begin with, since it can't sense the engine running. So yeah, what uh, what I had heard, uh, I don't know how true it is, and this w- this could be research, but that in part <clears throat> the uh, the jacket, the electronics in the jacket determines whether or not your motorcycle is on and whether it should arm itself based on vibrations detected from the engine, you know, the, the gasoline engine running. Whether or not that's totally true, I don't know. That's something I had heard as well. Uh, So it would be interesting to actually kind of check out. But he goes on to say, even so, I'm excited to see what happens with the smart jacket system because it can be worn with any brand of jacket or suit, either inside or outside the gear. So you could use it on a tracksuit or in a tracksuit and also in a street jacket. Maybe in a year or two, the second generation will be out and it will be lower in price uh, to fix some of the early adopter problems. Keep up the awesome podcasting. Cheers. So Josh, uh, thank you again for writing in. I really appreciate it. I know you've written in before. Um, there are actually, I have a some emails from listeners of you know when I got started with so you want to ride a motorcycle that I have not yet read. I'm actually planning to do like a listener appreciation uh, episode in which I will catch up on all those other emails. So if any any of you guys are listening to this episode and like, hey, how come you're not reading our email? Uh, it was just because th- this was focused just on emails related to this new uh, topic or this new episode format. So I, I will though eventually get to reading all your email's on the mail if you've said it's okay. All right. Well, we're almost at 20 minutes here and uh, I still have some other content I want to cover. So it's looking more and more like uh, maybe 30 minutes or so is going to be the thing. But anyway, any um, yeah, so thank you everyone for the feedback. That was really cool. And and I like the interactivity. Thank you for the information you're providing. You know, we're, we're all going to benefit from that. So, um, yeah. So what I wanted to talk about tonight is heated gear. So Interestingly, right? So we're almost middle of November. Uh we're in the fall, right? But here on Long Island, like this morning it was 22 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh it did warm up later in the day and we've had some, you know, nice warm fall weather here and there, but the cold is coming. So so the thing is this. Um I love to ride. Um and so I don't get to ride as often as I want to. So for me, like the quote unquote riding season, you know, whatever you might consider that, like, let's say late spring to early fall just is not enough for me. It's like I don't get enough riding in in that period to feel really kind of satisfied about it. And so, you know, since I started riding, I've been riding. You know, in the cooler weather. In fact, I even have photos of uh, I had taken the Vulcan S out. I think it was either the first, maybe it was the second year I had it um, in the winter time. You know, it had snowed, but it, it warmed up and the roads kind of cleared. Uh, but you know, I have pictures of you know the, the bike in a parking lot with snow in the background or whatever, which is kind of cool. It makes some nice pictures. Um, but so the point I'm getting to is just wanting to be able to, to, to ride just whenever. And so last year I, you know, I had, I knew about heated gear and, and i heard about it. And so I started to like, look into it. And I was like, okay, let me, let me actually check this out. Let me get some heated gear. And actually one of the things that kind of got me started is uh, I'm a listener of uh, the Cafe Racer podcast and I'm a a subscriber, a member of their, their chat application, and one of the guys in there, and I apologize if you're listening to the episode, I forget which one it was, but I'll check it out, uh, had suggested Fieldshear. And, um, you know, he had pointed out that Fieldshear, it was either it was a big sale or a closeout or something like that on a jacket that he hadn't used and really liked. And if you give me one second, I'm going to pause this, and I'm going to get the name of the jacket. I meant to, to get it before I started recording. Hold on. Okay, so the name of it is the Fieldshear Hydro Heat Heated Jacket. That's a bit of a mouthful, um, but anyway, I forget exactly what I paid for it, but it it was a good price. Like it included, it was under two hundred dollars. It included what amounts to a really good outer jacket, like for cold weather, like w- winter kind of jacket, like a heavy material, you know, with an insulated liner, um, you know, nicely done, waterproof zippers, and the whole deal, and uh, I think it even has, like, for when you're off the bike, I believe it's got a hood actually rolled up in the collar, which is kind of a nice feature. And then uh, I forget what they call it. It's like a, a wrap around piece of material um, that, you know, ba- basically Velcro, Velcro's to the jacket and then wraps around under your neck and, and Velcro's so that, you know, you, you close off all the wind and whatever. Like, in and of itself, just a really nice, warm, comfortable, waterproof jacket. But then the bonus thing was it came with a mobile warming heated liner. Just is 12 volt liner. Um, so that's kind of what got me started in the field share and mobile warming stuff. And they're evidently, I don't know if they're owned together, but they're somehow kind of sister companies, um, that, you know, so field share does sell some of the, the mobile warming products with, with their products. So anyway, that gave me a chance to, to try out heated gear. So, you know, like I said, last season, I guess it was, I don't know, know exactly when late fall or whenever it was starting to get cool. And I got the jacket, you know, I got the, The wiring hooked up on my Z900RS, and I started wearing the jacket. Um, And what's really cool about this jacket, this liner, is it's what they call, what mobile warming calls dual power. And so they have a line of jacket liners and gloves and maybe pants that are what they call dual power. So the idea is um, they're they're 12-volt, right? So they'll run off your 12-volt battery charging system on your motorcycle, Um, what makes it dual power, and this is not like any amazing invention, but it's a clever idea, Um, they also provide a 12-volt rechargeable battery pack, which is either NiCAD or lithium, I'm not quite sure, and if you hold on a second, I will find out. Okay, so yeah, it is in fact a lithium-ion battery, so it's newer technology, Uh, not inexpensive necessarily. Um, you know, list list price is sixty nine ninety nine. dollars um, You could look for sales or when they're promoting or I think if you're like new on the email list, maybe you get a 10% discount or something like that. But it's a 5200 milliamp hour battery. Um, my experience uh, well it says here charge time is four to five hours. They don't give a run time, but the, um, the items that run off the battery, whether it's jacket liner, gloves or glove liner, um, have three different heat settings, you know, so like warm, medium, hot kind of thing. Um, But but I've ridden, you know, down to almost 30 degrees, you know, with this gear. Um, I'm trying to think when I've used the battery. So, okay, I can't tell you how long the battery is going to last, but, you know, probably long enough that you would be comfortable. And one of the selling points with this is because it's the 12 volt, the dual volt or the dual power is the idea is, so you hook up to your battery, uh, you hook up to your motorcycle battery when you're out riding and then especially like if you were doing adventure kind of stuff or something like that or you're doing some kind of activities in the cold weather when you get off the bike then you can continue to run your your heated gear off of the battery. You know what you just stick in a pocket. Um the, the battery is about I'm going to guess, let's see here. I don't have it in front of me, but I'd I'd say about three inches, maybe two and a half inches by like five inches long or something like that. Maybe like a half inch thick. Um, So it's not like super small, but it's, it's easy to fit in a pocket or something like that. So yeah, that does, that does work out pretty well. Um, Anyway. So um, yeah. So where are we going with this whole thing? So heated gear. So that's kind of what got me into the field shear and the mobile warming brand. So the jacket worked out well, you know, it was very comfortable riding. Now, I haven't ridden, you know, in cold conditions, you know, I, I've i done like kind of local rides, things around on Long Island. I haven't done like long distances or whatever. So probably the fastest I'm going is 45 miles an hour. So you don't get the same kind of wind chill factor you'd be getting, you know, if you're doing 60, 70 miles an hour on the highway or something like that. In a case like that, if I were going to use it, you know, for... Traveling like that in the cold, then I'd make sure I had a windshield and all that kind of stuff, which would you know give you extra wind protection. But uh, for the riding I've done, the jacket is like really, really comfortable. <clears throat> the only, it's not really a criticism of the jacket per se, but the, the only thing that I would warn you about is if, if you haven't tried heated gear, and so this is something I found, trying this out as my first set of heated gear. I really like the stuff. It's very high quality. Uh, it works well. The only problem is like, The jacket liner, and even if you have, like, the glove liners, the controls are on the garment. It's not an external controller like some other manufacturers have. So if you're going to invest in heated gear, like I said, I I really like this stuff. I can recommend it in regards to everything except this. Um, So, like, with the jacket liner, you know, so you're, you're all bundled up. You're out in the cold. And now you want to adjust... The temperature setting on the jacket because it's not warm enough or it's getting too warm or something well so now you got to stop the motorcycle you got to undo your outer jacket zip it down so you can get to the controller which is just you know, kind of on the chest area i think it's to the left um you know it's a, it's a push push kind of thing theoretically maybe if you could kind of locate it through your outer jacket you could adjust the setting but there's no feedback it's not like there's an audible sound or something that would tell you that you're actually getting the controller yeah maybe you could kind of go by feeling if the jacket's heating up or getting cooler but you know you could have actually switched it off and then, i don't know it's it's just kind of more of a hassle than it would be worth so i'd kind of recommend if you don't want that hassle you know maybe look at a system that has an external controller same thing i started out with the mobile warming heated liners which worked fine. They were very comfortable. I still have them, um, but they were a pain in the neck for a couple of reasons. One, that that you have them under an outer glove because you know they're, they're liners, right? So fairly thin, but you know comfortable, not like not too bulky, but so comfortable under an outer glove. But again, you you end up with the controller under the cuff of your outer glove. So then you know you want to adjust the heat setting. You got to stop, pull over, pull off your outer glove. Uh, you know, adjust the, the button controller or whatever. And then, you know, I just find getting gloves on, you're like you've got these liners on, and then it's hard getting your outer gloves on, and there's Velcro on the liner, and then that sticks to Velcro on the outer glove. And it just, honestly, it was a real pain in the neck. Um, so even though they work fine in terms of keeping my hands warm, I ended up actually going with the uh, the mobile warming gloves which, uh, let me see, I'll, I'll put a link, of course, but they're called the Dual Power Power Gloves, which I think, I forget what I paid exactly. I think they list for like, let me just see here, Power Sports Gloves. I think they're like $180,000. 100, they list for 100, 189 dollars I'm not sure that's what I paid. It might have been a little bit of a sale. Um, the glove liners themselves are seventy nine ninety nine. so you're talking about like a $110 difference. Um, it's a lot of money, but honestly, to me, it was worth it just to have, you know, the, the, these gloves, the, the power, the, the heated gloves that they're nice gloves. They have a decent amount of protection. Um, it it could be better, but like I have the glove right here, like this knuckle protection. It's not like a molded, like plastic or anything, but it's like a rubber protection, which is not too bad. Uh, there's cushioning on the fingers. Um, the gloves are kind of made of material. They're partly leather, but then they're partly a fabric, so they're breathable, which, like, for me is really good because when I'm active in the cold weather, even though I want to stay warm, I do tend to perspire, and so you want something that's not going to trap the moisture. Um, they've got, you know, decent, you know, bit of cushioning on on the inside of the palm and then the, you know, kind of a, I don't know what you call it, the heel, the heel of your hand, the heel of the palm. Um, so you get a little abrasion resistance if you went down, I'd like to see something better there. So, you know, in terms of protection, they're probably not ideal. But um, just for the kind of riding I do, it's, it's good. And like I said, you've got this power controller with the three settings on the outside. There are, like, there's LEDs. I guess it's blue. I think it's blue. It's either blue or green, yellow, and red just for the different heat settings. Red is the hottest. Um, so it, it was worth spending the hundred bucks just to be able to ride and not have the hassle of dealing with the liners, um, you know, so they're, they're nice and easy to operate. And then um, a thing to be aware of with the, the mobile warming stuff is if you do go with the option of using the rechargeable battery pack, uh, like, for example, in the jacket there's uh, uh, some little bit of intelligence or something, I don't know how, exactly how it's implemented, built into the jacket. So if, because you have the option of plugging your gloves into the jacket, right? And then the jacket plugs into the motorcycle. So when you're on the bike, plugged into the bike's battery, you know, you've got your, your jacket and gloves all wired up. And, you know, so you don't have to have two separate connections, a separate connection for the gloves. Uh, but if you're running on the portable battery, it's it's only enough to power one or the other so you can power the jacket uh or you can power the gloves but if you have the gloves plugged into the jacket and the jacket is on when you turn the gloves on the jacket goes off right so you would either need two batteries which you know that gets a little bit expensive and maybe a little bit bulky or figure something else out um But I'm actually thinking, I don't I don't know. We'll have to see, particularly maybe if they have a sale or something, I can get an extra battery. I might do that for the Vulcan S because, one, I haven't wired it up yet so that I could plug in the gear if I ride the Vulcan S. And, two, I have to research this. I'm not totally sure if the electrical system on the Vulcan S is sufficient enough to power this stuff. It's not been a problem at all on the Z900RS, but the Vulcan S, I'm not sure. You know, maybe it's fine. I have to check it out. But I was thinking maybe I would just get an extra battery and then, you know, run the gloves off one battery and the, the jacket liner off the other battery. So, uh, yeah. So that's it on the mobile warming stuff. Well, actually, before I move on, maybe let me just uh, just give you a quick idea. Obviously, you can go to the mobile warming um, website. And by the way, on their website, it says technology by field share. So I, I'm guessing it's kind of like a subsidiary of field share. Um But um in in terms of like the kind of gear that they have so just like looking at men's stuff and and they do have women's gear not i th- you know i think there is stuff fitted for women not everything uh like as unisex or anything like that but uh just like looking at men's stuff right so they have base layers pants and shirts outerwear jackets vests and hoodie power sports where motorcycle or i guess more uh snowmobile stuff fits in gloves jackets pants and vests uh, then universal. I guess this is kind of unisex stuff. They have gloves, socks, and vests. So that they, they do have socks, um, and then they've even got workwear jackets, vests, and gloves. You know stuff that's more suitable if you're you know doing work, not riding a motorcycle or whatever, but suitable that way. And then um, I know. Let me just see. I saw something here. Uh, where the heck was it? The battery accessories. Okay, so batteries. Um, depending on the clothing item, they've got different voltage levels so some run off of 3.7 volt rechargeable batteries some run off 7.4 volt and then you have like the stuff that i have that runs off the 12 volt so uh some of the others i guess like maybe for the socks and gloves you know it's it's the lower voltage batteries make the packs a little bit smaller and whatnot um it's interesting too because in some of the clothing like the 3 I'm uh, not sure exactly if it's the 3.7 or, or the 7.4 volt battery, but the, the battery is somewhat intelligent. And so you can actually, it's kind of cool that they have a, a phone app, I believe, available for both uh, Apple and uh, and for Android. There's an app that lets you remotely control um, the, the temperature setting in the clothing item. And so it, it's set up where it, like, you know, supports all the different clothing items. So it's, you know, a, a picture of a person and you, you have like, you can choose the jacket or gloves or socks or whatever. Um, and then choose, you know, which things you want to have on or off and what the temperature setting should be, which is really cool. Um, and, you know, the, the, unfortunately, the the app does not support the 12 volt clothing, uh, but that would be kind of cool, you know. And again, okay, you can get into, well, you don't want to be distracted riding a motorcycle, but you can see having the, uh, you know, app running on your phone and then you just could control instead of having to worry about buttons and the remote control for the, the heating system for the clothing, you could just have the app going and just, you know, touch, touch the parts of the app and and, and set your heat settings that way, which would be, which would be kind of cool. Uh, which brings me to another point I was going to make. So just about uh, touch sensitivity for phones and stuff like that or navigation systems. Um, the glove liners <clears throat> do have touch sensitive tips, uh, but that's only good when you take the outer gloves off, so that's not good if you're riding and you're trying to manipulate something. As far as I recall, the uh, the heated gloves do not have touch-sensitive tips. So That's a that's a pain. I find that to be a real problem because I use my phone for navigation and stuff like that. Now, granted, in the really cold weather, it gets to be a problem. I've actually had problems both ways. In, in the severe heat where the phone starts to complain and it doesn't want to charge because uh, I will... Plug in. I plug in the phone on my bike so that I don't have to worry about charge or whatever. So it's constantly charging off the battery, the motorcycle battery. But um, <clears throat> same thing, like it gets too cold and then the phone says it doesn't want to charge. So that, that's kind of a separate issue with, with the extreme temperatures anyway. Um, but that, that that's the thing I find a problem is like I have some gloves, like particularly my summer mesh gloves that are touch sensitive, which is awesome. And then I have other gloves if it's cooler or whatever, it's wet, damp, that don't have touch sensitivity and then it's really, it's a pain in the neck because I'm so used to having that feature. It's so convenient. And I've tried like, I know cycle gear sells these like little fingertips that you stick on the glove and it's supposed to make it touch sensitive, but they never seem to work properly. So that that's something. Yeah. I'm going to look for, you know, when, when I shop for gloves moving into the future is just making sure that they're gloves that's that have, you know, the the touch touch capability for phone or whatever, at least until such time as, uh, you know, I have, a motorcycle where it's all done off controls on the handlebars or something like that. All right, all right. So uh yeah, so that is uh mobile warming and field shear. And just quickly, and again not that you guys and you guys and ladies can't do your own um, search or whatever, but let me just do a quick Google here for heated motorcycle gear just to kind of give you a rundown of different manufacturers to think with. So actually Holly Davidson has some in their online store. Um, and then you've got other manufacturers like Gerbing, G-E-R-B-I-N-G, I know is is a well-known one. They've got a lot of heated gear. I believe they have, it may not even, I don't know if it's just the way it is or it's an option. I believe they have like a remote external controller, right? So the idea is that, you know, you, you plug your gear into this controller, which is visible or accessible outside the clothing, and then that plugs into the motorcycle for, for power. But the point is you, you don't have the controls inside, under, outer clothing or anything like that. You have like a little control box that's easy to get to to make adjustments. Now, honestly, I've never tried one of those. so I don't know if anyone has. Let me know. I don't know if that's really suitable for adjusting while you ride. One of the things I like about these um, mobile warming gloves is the way it's set up with the controller on the glove is I can easily adjust it while I'm riding or, you know, stopped at a light or something like that. Uh, then there's of course other brands. First gear is one. Um, you know, you could check out like Revzilla and all the JP cycles and whatever. They have all the different options there. Um, I know cycle gear carries a bunch of stuff. I think they carry first gear. They might carry Gerbing as well, but anyway, check it out. So, uh, so yeah, we're actually on 30, 38 minutes here. So I'm I'm past the 30 minute mark. So I think I'm going to wrap it up. So let me know what you thought of this episode. If, uh, you're using heated gear uh and you've got suggestions, ideas, tips, things you'd like to share, let me know, email me and i definitely will share the information with everyone or if you're thinking about it and you have questions i haven't things i haven't covered or gone over, let me know. You know, if i can't answer it, i'll kind of put the word out and see if i can get an answer for you. So uh yeah, so uh of course, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. I hope you like this kind of new format. Um, I think in the future, I'll try to keep it around 30 minutes, but uh, this was really good. Like, it's it's fun for me. It's easy to record and put together. I don't have a lot of extra work to do in post-production and, and whatnot, and hopefully you get some, some valuable content here. So, uh, of course, you can email me anytime at soyouwantaride at yahoo.com. And, of course, either in the podcast notes, um, there are links, or you can go to, so to motorcycle dot com or so com all the links to my social media, my email address, a contact us form. And most importantly, if you'd like to help support the show, there is a donation link, both in the podcast notes and on the website that you can help support the podcast via PayPal, or you can just go to paypal.me slash Christopher Geis. Anything you want to do to help out would be awesome. 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 You know, just help defray the costs a little bit. And uh, yeah, the, the, the more funds I have to work with, the better content I can do and uh, maybe do some little fancier things and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know how that goes. So anyway, thank you for listening. And uh, I look forward to hearing from you and uh, doing the next episode. And let me close out with my new tagline, which is, if you want to enjoy the ride, don't rush the ride. And in an upcoming episode, I'll explain exactly what I mean by that. So have a good week and good night.